podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Uh, hello and welcome to the Midweek Fix with me, Jamie Home. We now have the Euros officially out of the way. And with Liverpool now being back in pre-season, I think it's fair to say that the season has now begun. So we're all getting ourselves a little bit giddy over pictures of Virgil van Dijk. Uh, so we're all feeling particularly optimistic about the season that is ahead. So joining me tonight to discuss the coming season and our expectations for the season itself is Gav, Keith and Phil. Gav, I'm going to come to you first. You looking very sun-kissed, mate. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, <laughs> so I told you before, this, I think the only thing that's not so important on my head is my eyelids. Um, oh, Jesus, lads, wear sunscreen. You know that song from years ago? Uh, listen, yeah, to it. listen to it. Yeah, listen to it on a, on a loop, lads. Um, when you go out to play golf and it's cloudy out, it's going to get sunny. So that's all I could say to you. Horrendous game of golf. Um, someone said I'm bronze. I'm far from it. I'm just red and <laughs> my face is melting. But um, I go out for a game of golf during the week. It's good. Well, life's good. Well, you look great, mate. You look great. Thanks. That's the main thing. Uh, Keith, I'm going to come to you first because I have been getting incredibly giddy over any bits of Liverpool content that has been fired out this week. Um, where, how are you feeling? Because it, it kind of feels like, look, we've lived in a bubble with the Euros over the last few weeks. And then for me, you know, seeing pictures of, uh, you know, all the lads coming back and there's been some pretty big names that are back in training. Um, they all look great, don't they? They do, Jamie. Yeah, I, I love all the pre-season stuff. You know, it's it's all sort of pointless. You see Carrius rolling up and fucking Gruyich and all coming in for their their annual week of training. But you'd see the big boys, as you said. You're seeing Van Dijk, and look, we're seeing Kanate as well. And if people aren't excited by Kanate, the big bleeding. Bigger than bigger than Virgil, six foot four, six foot five, whatever he is. The man is an absolute beast. Cannot wait to see this fella getting started. I'm a big fan of his. Said at the time, I felt he was the player we wanted in January. We couldn't get because we were playing them in the Champions League. Hence the Kabak short-term sort of boy. We've eventually got our man now, and he is the one I'm looking forward to the most seeing settling into this team. The, well, into training, you know, into the into the matches. I can't wait to see him sort of marmalade, poor little Minamino or something like that in the, in the training. Did you, did you see the one with uh, Simicas? Uh, Simicas, yeah. <laughs> He's basically ah, front arm smashed. I think everyone's getting a little bit giddy over the pitches. Have you been the same, Phil? It's been uh, it's been refreshing to see them all back. They all look fantastic after a little break. Yeah, Van Dyke is the one though, isn't it? As yeah. soon as you see Van Dyke, it kind of it's like a, a comfort blanket that you found. You know, when you were a kid, you had a little blanket, and if it went missing, you'd freak out. But yeah. Van Dyke is back now, and even I was looking at him on his bike, and he didn't have the helmet on. I was like, "Virgin, put on the helmet." Yeah. <laughs> we're like he our little protective parents at this stage, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> Adrian was wearing a helmet. I was like, "Of course he was," but uh, yeah, <laughs> Virgil needs to put one on. But yeah, and even to see Trent Alexander Arnold back in and. You kind of wonder how it would have worked out for him at um, at the Euros if he didn't get the injury. Would he have played that much? He probably wouldn't have. In fairness to Kyle Walker, he was brilliant. So Trent Alexander-Arnold, look, I'm sure he obviously he wanted to play. But in terms of from a Liverpool point of view, it, it might have been a bad thing that he didn't play. And he's at pre-season now and he can hit the ground running. 
Yeah, because it's, it's it's not just trends. I mean, when you look, Gav, you know, you look at the, the type of players that Liverpool have in, in, in pre-season training, and obviously we've got Van Dijk, as, as Phil says. We've got Gomez back now, uh, you know, Gomez first time te- team training in a very long time. Um, it's hard as Liverpool fans to to not get carried away because this now, just looking at who's in pre-season purely, and there's still some big boys, you know, yet to return. This looks like the Liverpool team that we've become accustomed to over the last few years. A hundred percent. You know, like I know Alisson's away, Fabinho, um, uh, Firmino, Henderson are, are away for a little while. I don't know when they'll come back. They'll probably be in, in the next couple of weeks, I would say, before they come back. But when you look at the players that are there and, and of course, like even seeing Mo Salah in, in the first day of training, you know, it, yeah. it doesn't even feel right, does it? He's usually, he's off doing something, he's playing in a tournament or whatever, or he's played in the tournament and you're waiting for him to come back. But you see Mo Salah, you see Mane, you know, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Keita, you know, Matip's due back, um, Kanata, he's just, I was saying last night on the other night of the show, he's just a monster. I've seen a little picture of him today beside Nat Phillips and Nat Phillips looks like yeah. me beside him, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, it's unbelievable. So, you know, but it, it it's, do you know what it is? It's like, it's a bit like a comfort blanket, isn't it? When you see those players, especially when you see Van Dijk and Gomez, because out of everything that happened last season, losing them two was absolutely massive. And that's no, that's no disrespect to any, anyone that played at centre half or, um, even the midfielders that played there or the centre halves that came in, like Phillips and, and, and young Reese Williams and stuff. But it's kind of like, ah, there they are. Now we, now we're back where we usually are. And, and as soon as you see Van Dyke, now he's not in full team training. I think he's only doing single sessions, but over the next, I think, week or so, they, they will look to get him back into full sessions where he's doing double sessions and stuff like that. That's just massive. Even, even that coming out of Jurgen Klopp's mouth, you know, in the next week to 10 days, we're hoping to get him into double sessions. That means you're in with everybody now. Where you, you know, everyone's going for it and we're all targeting the 14th of August. So to see that, it's like, Ah, oh, yeah, the boys are back. And you start getting those feelings of 18, 19, 19, 20 coming back. And you're thinking to yourself, because it's a brilliant squad. I said this to us, to us last yeah. week. I think, I think Liverpool, if, if you put that squad in front of me now, everyone comes back fit and ready now. Right now, without anything else, I think Liverpool win the league. And I've said that because the players we're missing are huge. And not only that, I think they're the most together squad in the league. I really do. And I think they showed it by coming toward after everything that happened last season. But seeing them seeing them boys back and Klopp smiling and everyone's fucking at it and Milner still running around the, the gaff at 35 or 36. It's brilliant. And, you know, we get on to it later. When, when, if you throw a couple of additions at that, you'd have to be nothing but confident going into the new season. Isn't it great to see Klopp back as well and looking the pictures over the summer, you know, of him crashed out on a boat with... 20 bleeding seal cuts and a crate of and that. He's, yeah. he, he needed a break, didn't he? And it's great to see him back refreshed. Everybody, it's it's just like a fresh start for everyone, really, isn't it? Because, you know, last season took its toll on, on fans, on players, on managers, on everybody. And I think everyone sort of needed the break. And, you know, it, it's not just, it's great to see Virgil back. As Phil said, it's great to see Trent back. It's great for Mo to be in early. But to see Klopp get a break, recharge his batteries and let's see how he attacks it as well. Because it's, I, I, I agree with Gav. I think we done an exercise on the show a few weeks ago where we were, I was selling about 26 players and bringing in <laughs> about 15. Because I, I wasn't thinking, you know what I mean? I was having a bit of a, a brain fart, but. When you look is, at is it, is this now, you admitting that you may have misjudged that one, Keith? Yes, <laughs> slightly. I still stand by selling a load of them because a load of them were um, 
Grujic and, and Cardius and all that. But, you know, when you look at the squad and you look at the, the makeup of it, Gav said it there, you know, I think we take it for granted and hopefully, you know, touch wood, everyone's fit and ready to go. And it, it's a different prospect. Do you know what I mean? Last season, even we went in and COVID was such a factor. This time we're looking at a full, full house. It's nearly like, you know, a lost year last year and we're going back into the, the real stuff now. So I just think it's exciting times for, for the next few months and anyway. Phil, Dave Lennon asks a question in the chat and it's probably been a question that's on a lot of people's lips at the moment and uh, it's very much around Virgil and, and Joe Gomez and the fact, you know, they might not come back the same players. Have you got any concerns, you know, that they may come back and, and have that kind of loss of pace or just lose a little bit of sharpness and it might take them a while to get up to full tilt? Yeah, I, I think it will take a while to get up to full tilt. But even like if Virgil van Dijk is playing six out of ten, he's still probably the best defender in the league. Like he's, yeah. you know, you, you've had players come in like Ruben Diaz got player of the season. Um, but watching him at the Euros, you're like he's not a patch on Virgil van Dijk. Um, remember when City lost Laporte and they were saying off oh, they had him, they would have again. I watched Laporte at the Euros; he was bang average. Like van Dijk is just head and shoulders above them, and. Um, how often do you see him play in second and third gear? That was a criticism people had of him before he joined Liverpool where the game was too easy for him, that he'd lose concentration because he's just that good. But now actually coming back, he'll be able to prove to everyone that not only is he is he back, but he can actually get even better. So I have no concerns about Van Dijk. Gomez has had his injuries, but if you put him in beside Van Dijk, again, I wouldn't have concerns about him. But the beauty now of Canate there is you have the option. And look, Matip is there for how long, we don't know, because I love Matip. I think when he plays, he's class, but obviously, you know, he picks up injuries. He, I, I don't think there's many players that can do what he does where he gets injured, does his stint on the sidelines, comes back in and just picks it up where he left off. I mean, you think of the, the season that won the league. He was in, or the Champions League, he was in at the end of the season ahead of Gomez because he was exceptional. Yeah, so was. No, I, I wouldn't have too much worry worry about the, the lads coming in, to be honest. Can, yeah. can I just say can I just say something on that? Um, Van Dijk and Gomez have been out for a long time and David Lennon asks about the yard of pace and stuff like that. And usually it's a yard of pace because there might be a nervousness in them or it, it's not a physical thing. It could be a mental thing. You know, is my knee okay? You know, I'm... Oh, I am kind of, I'm nine months out and will I be up to the pace? But all this stuff around Ruben Diaz and, and whoever other centre-halves that were being touted all season, I think that's worked in Liverpool's favour because there's no way Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez are sitting there for nine months reading all this shit and saying to themselves, ah, oh, fair play to Ruben Diaz. They're not, they're going, I'll come back and I'll show you all what it's about because, listen, you could put any, find me any defender in the world, none of them come close to Virgil van Dijk. None of them. In what he does, he's so good in the air, on the ground, pace. He can pot <laughs> diagonals. He, he he scores goals. He, he's everything you want, and I mean absolutely everything you want. But I think that's worked in Liverpool's Liverpool and their then players' favour because they're, they're definitely looking, Jamie. They're definitely looking at the Ruben Diaz shouts and whoever report shouts and some of you just throw out Harry Maguire and you know, and they're definitely looking going. We'll fucking show all these, and and they will. I'm telling you now, they will because that's the sort of mentality they have, coupled with the fact that they were off together. Because it can be a very lonely place when you're off on your own. 
for nine months. You've seen Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain talk about it. And other players that have been injured for a long time, and it's a lonely fucking place. You know, you get to see the rest of the squad maybe for a half an hour in the morning, and then you're looking out this big pane of glass while they're on a bike, and they're all running around the pitch. It's very lonely. But the two of them together, I think, and they've both said it in different ways, they've pushed each other and pushed each other and pushed each other. And we're, we're now at the end result where... It's the first day of pre-season and these two boys have walked through the tournament. Yeah, we're good. Let's go. I think it's huge. And uh, the, What happened last season and what happened to them and what they want to prove, I think they come out I think they come out as good if not better. I genuinely believe that. Keith, there's one thing talking about the boost that it's given fans. Uh, you know, seeing the, the likes of, of Virgil back, Matip back, uh, Joe Gomez back. But also what's underplayed is the lift it would give the people in the squad because these are elite in their position in the world. Um, so, you know, whether it's young players in preseason, it's going to make them lift the levels. It's just going to give everybody a boost. But the funny thing is we've gone from a situation where we've been cobbling together centre-backs and now we're flush with centre-backs. It's been some turnaround. It has. And I think it plays into the, you know, we done Quebec and we done Ben Davis in January and people were screaming and shouting. And as I said about Canada, I felt he was the main target that we couldn't get over the line. And I think, you know, we as fans, you know, Phil touched on it there. Joe Matip is an excellent fan, uh, excellent player. And he frustrates us. But Jürgen Klopp loves Joe Matip. Do you know what I mean? Jürgen Klopp loves Joe Matip. And when I done my fantasy selling, everyone Matip was part of my clear out. And the more I thought about it, I think Klopp would keep him. Do you know what I mean? The, the, they got a big offer for him apparently last summer from PSG or rumoured interest from PSG and they weren't interested in selling him. I think Joe Matip is a big, big player for Liverpool. Not even, Phil was right, very few players can come in cold the way Matip does. You know, very few. Uh, was, it the, was it the Spurs game, Keith, where he basically came in out the blue? Uh, Spurs away, I think we won 3-1 and he yeah, was he's, absolutely he's fantastic for 55 him. minutes or whatever yeah. it was. He, he gets, he comes in even, as you say, 55 minutes, like first half injury, Matip will come in and hit the ground running and players like Fabinho, Fabinho takes a bleeding age to get back up to yeah. up to speed after an injury and that's not a knock on him, it's just some players, some players are different. So Matip... Matip is an excellent, excellent player to have, but it is his um his persona as well. He seems to be very well liked around the team. And I think Klopp puts an awful lot into that. You know, Lovren was the same. You know, fans were screaming to get rid of Lovren and the players loved him. So I think we have a situation now where we're looking at, you know, Van Dijk and Gomez coming back. Van Dijk's a huge lift for anybody. He's a lift for Trent. He's a lift for Robbo. He's a lift for the midfielders. You know, everybody will get that the goalkeeper, everybody. Getting Van Dijk in there is a lift for the whole team. Gomez, the same, an elite player. Even he's only 24 years old, I think we we take him for granted an awful lot. Maybe slight bit worried about him because it's three knee injuries I think he's had at this stage. And, you know, you just hope that the pace, his concentration maybe let him down at times. Um Joe Gomez and I hope you know he sort of walks on that side of his game now if he does lose a yard of pace if he does lose the pace I'm still not worried is he's still going to be a great player but you've got them you've got Kanate Matip that's a four but you've still got Nat Phillips and uh, Ben Davis now I don't think they're leaving do you know what I mean I think we're going to have six centre-backs going into this season as a security blanket nearly that you know if one of the boys break down because we know Kanate's had his injury um Problems in the past. 
I wouldn't be surprised to see us going with these. And Reese Williams, if you get about Reese Williams, do you know what I mean? I think that there could be an absolute abundance of centre-back options going into this season. I don't know what you think, whether, you know, someone will go or stay. I mean, people are the lad of St. Phillips will live. Klopp will probably show a bit of loyalty to him after he came in. I don't know. It's just the way Klopp operates. He doesn't ditch players. You know, if Phillips wants to stay, I can see him keeping him. Phillips, Phillips is. I I probably agree with with El Lad in in the comments. I think Phillips has done himself no uh, no harm in getting himself a move away from Liverpool, and I think Klopp will show loyalty to him in a different type of way. In that he will grant yeah. him the move, whoever comes if you in, whether free, yeah yeah kind of thing. I actually do think that Ben Davies has got a future at the club. I kind of feel like in the back of my mind, this could be a little bit of an Andy Robertson syndrome, where he's yeah. told him, "Look, just go away and learn the way that we play." Because we've said it a hundred times or more on this podcast, playing centre back for Liverpool is a very, very difficult uh, position to play because they play so high. The fullbacks are bombed on so far. You know, you're you're constantly exposed. You've seen the difference it made when somebody that wasn't rapid came in to that high line and we looked like we were going to get caught at every turn. So I understand why he took him out the firing line. I've said in our WhatsApp group, statistically, he was a a, a really sought after player. I think Arsenal were after him at one point. Um, He's good on the ball. He's pacey. So he fits the profile. I think it's, and I hope for him, I'm I'm rooting for him because it's a, you know, it's a a Roy of the Rovers story. So fingers crossed, if he gets his heads down, he'll he'll get some minutes. And he can play left full as well, Luke. So he's that bit of durability that Phillips is a centre-back and and centre-back alone, whereas Davis is a a left uh, centre-back who can play left full because of his pace. Mm. So we might value that as well. One of the things, uh, one of the things, Phil, I, I think that is probably underplayed and I think could have a massive impact as we go into the season. And the lads touched on it a little bit at the start. If you think of the pre-seasons of old that Liverpool have gone through, it's been such a patchwork job in that most of our big players have been missing. We know that Klopp likes to get them in early and, and basically run them into the ground, double sessions. Uh, you know, he's been known to have games, um, you know, the same day as sessions earlier on in the day. You know, he really does put them through the ringer. The fact that we've had all these big players back, um, you know, the, the senior players are going to be able to, to maintain standards, um, set the standards, set the tone. This surely would mean that we would hit the ground running. The fact that we've got so so many of them in for so long. Yeah, absolutely. And also as well, I mean, they're in Austria at the moment. There's not going to be that huge travel. Yeah. They're not going to America or, I mean, they've been in Australia before. They've been obviously um, Asia, Asia as well. So that that's all gone now. And given the the last season or whatever, like the players needed the the least amount of travel. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be massive, and then those players that were away on international duty are going to come in, and Fabinho will be delighted to see Virgil Van Dijk. He'll be thinking, "Thank Christ, I don't have to play centre back." Now he obviously <laughs> did a great job doing it, but we obviously saw what the impact was, the knock-on effect was. The midfield wasn't as strong, but I just think having um, yeah, even someone like Kanate comes in and he's training with Van Dijk, uh, and you know the, this could be the future. Uh, central defence partnership and you know he gets to, to work with him from, from day one. Ben Davis, I, I believe it when I see it when he actually plays, but I, <laughs> I like I'm I'm looking forward to the one of those they're they're playing those two half hour matches. So surely he has to feature on one of them. It's uh, Stuttgart or Wacker in Innsbruck. But um yeah I know I, I, I am really buzzing for the for the season. Fans are back. As I've said on this 
podcast before that last season, if you were going to have a shit season, it was to be last season. No fans. Now they're back. Um, even got a glimpse of it on the final day. Like even Manny's game up because there was fans there. You look at Mo Salah coming in. Jesus, his arms are chiseled. Like he, <laughs> yeah. he hasn't even, he hasn't even started pre-season. Like obviously Milner was the same, but you know Milner would have probably been doing sessions on, on his break as well. And then you think of Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson. One thing that happened with them last season, because Van Dijk wasn't there, they still attacked. But I'd say in the back of their mind, every time they attacked, they were thinking, it's like, you've the left, it's like you've left the door slightly ajar. You're like, I didn't close the door behind me, so I can't... I, you know, there's, there's something just in the back of my mind. And Alisson obviously suffered from it as well. You think back to the, the Leicester game, the pig's ear of the, the goal he made him and Quebec. That doesn't happen with Van Dijk. Alisson tried to take things on because he thought, I have to step in where these central defenders aren't versus Van Dijk. So, yeah, it's uh, those double sessions are going to stand to them. And it, as I, and I think Keith mentioned Jurgen Klopp and he had a horrific year, obviously, given what was happening on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. So, yeah, the the, the season can't come quick enough for, for me. And hopefully, I know we'll talk about it in a bit, there'll be, there'll be a few more players to, to look forward to as well. Absolutely. One of the things, Gav, just to, to finish off on the centre-backs that's been coming out this week, which has been interesting over the last couple of days, is that Canate is being mooted as probably the, the fittest or most likely to, to start against Norwich, given the fact that, you know, he's been fully fit. He's, you know, he's, he's carrying no niggles, whereas there's question marks over some of the other lads. Does that surprise you? No, I think Canate goes to the under twenty ones tournament, doesn't he? Yeah, didn't Canate go to another twenty one tournament? Um, yeah, him so and he's played yeah, so he's he's kind of got some football during the summer as well. But the the Matab one is a bit mad. Like it was reported yesterday that he's he's very close to back to full time training. I'm like, how long is this fella out? You know, he's out. I don't know how long. Like, how is he not back? But that's just John Matab. Like, you know, um, Van Dijk and Gomez have to be watched very carefully. But Klopp's Klopp is playing. He's been a bit of an eager here. Like, he knows exactly where they are, but he's telling you that he doesn't. Like, if you're telling me Liverpool manager doesn't know exactly where Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez are in their recovery, um, come on, Jorgen, for fuck's sake. You know what I mean? But it's... I'm not surprised by that. I think Canate is probably the fittest of them all, yeah. Now, having said that, that's probably when you bundle them in with van Dijk, Gomez, Matip. But then when you look at Phillips, or, you, you know, Phillips is probably the next most fit of them all because he played a lot of football last season. He's got his break. He's back. There you go. He could start. I can't see any of them leaving in the summer unless a really good deal comes in for the likes of Nat Phillips because I would say he's probably looking at let's get from August to December and let's get these players back nice and nice steady recovery and you know integration back into the team and up to speed and then assess it in January. And if we feel like Van Dijk is absolutely fine. Gomez is absolutely fine. Matip happens to be fit. Canate is bedded in really well. Then you look at the likes of Phillips or a Davis going out on, I would say, um, on a permanent deal. But I think he might just keep his powder dry in the centre-half situation um, until January. That would be what I would do, and he may do, but we'd have to wait and see if a good offer comes in. Um, yeah, I think I think you might see the back of Phillips. But yeah, Canate, to start, it's not a bad show. You know, we're, we're four weeks out now. Um, and... I don't know if I don't know if Van Dijk and Gomez can get up to speed in four weeks after what he's been through, and I don't know. Matthew's not even back in training, so we don't know. But like he said, Matthew's probably one of the best at coming back in cold and just going and playing a game of football because he's really, really good. 
Keith, there was a there was a quote, and he's good for these peplanders. He comes out with a couple of crackers. I don't know where he plucks them from, but he come out with a good one this week. Uh, we search for a player who nutmegs VVD in training, but steps aside for him in the corridor. They basically want players with you know a, a point to prove, um, and and there's a there's a number of those in the Liverpool squad that are they're obviously back in preseason. Um, to name a few. Harvey Elliott's back in in the in, in the fold. Uh, he's been rewarded, uh, rightly so, in my opinion, with a with a new long term deal at Liverpool. Where do you see Harvey Elliott fitting into the plans this season? Yeah, um, Harvey Elliott, I think, has been excellent on loan at Blackburn. I think he's he's a talent, and I think it, that Pep Linder's point, you know, it's they want players that are fearless on the pitch and respectful off the pitch. And I think, you know, Harvey Elliott is certainly a fearless player. We've seen that in the championship, 17 years old or whatever, and he's not afraid, even at 16 when he was playing, he's not afraid to run and go at people and take people on. And it's something that, you know, I think at times this squad has lacked. Now, I know, Gav, we spoke about this, um, the, the, the value of keeping them as opposed to, to loaning him out. And I think he'd benefit from staying in the squad this season. I think he'd benefit from playing, training with them. And I know he did before, but he, he trained with the lads when he first came in. He's gone away and had a good loan. And I think it would val- it would be a good value to keep him in the squad and give him, if he plays 10, 15 games next season, I think that'll be a benefit. But that's down to Klopp giving him them games because we've seen with Minamino and Simicas has been injured, I suppose, a fair bit. He doesn't always trust players you know Danny Ings when he was there and was sort of needing games Klopp wouldn't even give them the last 10 in a game that we were 3 or 4 nil up in so I think you know if Klopp feels that he's ready he will integrate him and I think you know if we were we'll talk about ins and outs or whatever but I wouldn't be sad to see him staying as part of the squad if he was to get Shaqiri's minutes let's say yeah, that seems to be a, 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 a popular sentiment that's coming through in the chats that if we are able to move on the likes of a Shakiri, then, then Elliot would, would take his place. I mean, f- from a personal perspective, I've got massive hopes for Harvey Elliott. Um, I think I tweeted something, I think it was last week. Um, I remember ever since the first time I see him pluck a ball out the sky and ping it into someone. He does everything with with intent, with purpose. You can, you know, people talk about football arrogance. He seems to have the way that he moves. He's never panicked. He can pick a pass. Um, I'd love to see him get more minutes uh, this this season. And I just think preseason is a great opportunity for him to come in and, and have an impact within, you know, a, a very very experienced squad. Phil, where do you see Harvey Elliott in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, I, I don't. I certainly don't want to see him. I don't think I want to see him go on loan to another championship club. I think there's definitely. Uh, I can see the merits in keeping him in the squad and and training with with better players. You know, are you looking at him playing League Cup games, FA Cup games, and maybe getting the odd run out towards the end of Premier League games if you're in that position? But certainly, yeah, I, I have high hopes from. Obviously, remember when he played for Fulham in the Premier League and. He has that what Klopp likes. He has the he's just he's direct. He obviously likes to play in the right, cut in on the left, and he's got a whopper of a, a left foot in him as well, which which is handy because I'm sure it's something we'll, we'll talk about later. But my thing this season, I'd love to see more goals coming from other parts of the pitch rather because I felt that last season that once teams stopped the front three, that was it, and. 
maybe it's when you're looking at players that the potential signings midfielders that you have somebody that can score goals from midfield because that actually frees it up for the the front three as well it gives them more space frightens defenders because they there's more options whereas i think a lot of teams felt let's just shackle keep the shackles in this front three and we'll be able to keep Liverpool out, especially at Anfield. They just sat in and, and it was frustrating. In terms of Harvey Elliott, though, we'll see him in, in pre-season. And, um, yeah, I, I think he, he's he got a, a huge future and, and certainly at Liverpool. And, you know, you saw what Curtis Jones did last season. He got his chance and, you know, he, he took it. And you'd imagine he's going to get more chances in, in the upcoming season. So, I'd like to see Elliot stay, yeah, definitely. It's similar to the Phil Foden thing, Jamie, isn't it? You know, Phil Foden, I'm not comparing him to Phil Foden now, don't get me wrong, but he's a fearless type of player, Phil Foden. He didn't need, he didn't need a loan. Now, I know he's an exceptional talent, but Guardiola wanted to keep him around and use him sparingly, and he did. And then this season, he's, he's played him more and more. And I think Elliot has that same sort of, um, same balls about him. Do you know what I mean? As Phil said, you see him at 16 at Fulham. And he's 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 fearless going up against Premier League defenders, and I just think you know if if we have Curtis Jones who stayed, Gavi, you touched on it during the night. That was probably a bit fortuitous that he stayed in the squad, but he benefited from it, you know, because he got games where he maybe didn't think he would have got as many. And I think that can only benefit a young player. We're not talking about look. I'm not going to dig out Nico Williams. Nico Williams got a lot of games, maybe too too much too soon. I think Harvey Elliott is ready. And I think a, a Prem loan, I'd be worried about where he went because if he the goes type to a of club, you want team, it, you want, yeah, yeah. But even if he goes to a good footballing team, Jamie, let's say he went to Brighton, for example, who Potter likes to play football, but Brighton are struggling. And Danny Welbeck all of a sudden is getting game time ahead of him because he's tried and trusted. Do you know what I mean? I think the worry when you do a Premier loan is a lot of the managers will revert to the, the proven. Premier League players, the older players, to get them out. At least with a good championship loan, if you're in winning teams playing winning football, you get that mentality of win, win, win and scoring and assisting. If you're in a Premier League team that's in the lower half, he's probably not doing as much. And that's the worry. That's why I keep him because it may not benefit him to, to go on loan. Gav, two players uh, that, you know, you could call this a make or break pre-season. Certainly players that are divided opinion. Uh, Naby Keita and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. What would you need to see from those type of players to to look at them and be able to say, yeah, we can can rely on them this season? It's going to be a lot more than pre-season, to be honest with you. You know, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I said it a few times, it was curious for me that he was he was fit for a good portion of the back end of the yeah. season, and he wasn't being trusted. You know, in, in a time when their midfield was looking for legs and it was looking for something different because the players in there had played an awful lot of football. Like we are literally down to Wijnaldum, Thiago, Fabinho. You know, Henderson was gone. Curtis Jones was out a bit of form. Milner had a small injury at some stage as well. You know, and obviously Kate was out, and Ox seemed to be on the bench and not being trusted. And I don't know whether. I don't know whether that was just something where they could have been bringing them back extremely slowly from the latest injury. And that was a tactic they were going to use. And we'll see the benefit of it, of it throughout pre-season and going into next season. But I, I think I'd just like to see Oxlade-Chamberlain being trusted a bit more. And I'm not, I'm not shouting at Jurgen Klopp to trust yeah. Oxlade-Chamberlain. That's his call. What I'm saying is if, if he trusts him and you see him on the pitch and, and then you start to know, well, there's something more to the back end of last season than just a lack of trust. Because look, he's playing him now and he's 
he's eight weeks down the line. Um, fitness wise, Naby Keita, look, you know, I could I could bring a hundred people into a room and fifty would want him gone and fifty would want him to stay. That's just the way he is. Um, and I understand both sides because the people that want Naby Keita to stay see the potential in him, and I see that potential because I think he's a fantastic footballer. I think he has all the tools. Um, you like we spoke about Harvey Elliott there. Harvey Elliott plays football. And he doesn't set himself. He doesn't need to set himself. He just naturally takes the ball any angle and just takes it and moves with it. And Keita can be like that. You know, he can be really nimble touches and he can go, go by people and stuff. But his injury record kills him. Now, people will come back at you and go, well, Henderson was out. Yeah, Henderson's injury record is starting to, would start to probably affect the outlook on Henderson if it continues into next season. But for Naby Keita, it's a trust team with Ox, and we we get to know that as as the preseason and, and the season starts. With Naby Keita, you just want to see how many games he's available for, and if he's available, he will get minutes. Uh, but it's it's a, we've said this for the last two seasons, but this is massive for Naby Keita because I think he only has two years left on his deal, and if it doesn't happen for him this summer, and he and he falls into the you know into the doldrums of Liverpool, we're literally looking at next summer. We're still ho- holding on to Naby Keita. He's a year left on his deal. And we will most definitely make a decision to, to move him on because we won't want to lose much money on him. But let's be honest, if we can get those two players fit, trusted and on the pitch, they're massive assets for Liverpool, but there's still a bit of question marks against them. Keith, I'll come to you because I suppose one of the the, the main things that Liverpool needs to focus on this season is, is ultimately looking to close the gap between themselves and, and Manchester City. And obviously we've spoken at length about the players that are coming back into the squad. Is that alone enough for you in terms of Liverpool being able to close that gap, or do you think more needs to happen? And if so, what do you think needs to happen for Liverpool to close that gap? I think, Jamie, if we look at it, I think we all know Man City are going to spend big now. They're going to look to bring in Grealish and they're going to look to bring in Harry Kane or players of that ilk. Does that bother me? I'm going to say no, because... We can't tell, you know, what Man City do, people going on about, oh, give it to Man City or Chelsea, get Haaland, give it to Chelsea. I don't really care what they do because I think Liverpool, we've shown, we, we you know, what we chased Man City down for the title and came second. And then the following year, we won it. We won a Champions League in the mid, in the, the meantime. That wasn't, the, that was what they were spending, you know, we, we paid big for Alice and we paid big for Van Dijk and all that, but we didn't constantly go throw money, throw money, throw money. And that's because Klopp builds a plan and builds a machine and builds a team and builds a club, basically. You know, everybody pulling in the same direction, everyone working hard. And when we when it's working, I think it's it can be anybody. Do you know what I mean? And last season, it was painfully obvious it wasn't working for, you know, you lose Van Dijk, but we weren't great before Van Dijk got injured. Do you know what I mean? We were off the boil, but we'd lost Alisson for a period to injury and then his father does. We lost uh, Trent to COVID. You know, so many, we lost so many key players. Thiago comes in, a new signing. Jota comes in, new signing. Three-month injuries or whatever that they pick up. It just was a disaster. This season, we go, we look at it and we look at the squad, you know, if you sit back and take the, the injury fear away, which is what we all have is the fear that uh, Van Dijk breaks down again or, you know, some, such and such breaks down. But if you look at them player for player, we don't need to do much transfer-wise. I was of the opinion we needed an overhaul because we hadn't been doing it. I, I feel we, we probably should have been doing maybe one or two bits the last two windows more than what we did. 
But in all reality, we're not going to do six big signings in the summer. So I think if we were to add two players that can impact that first 11, maybe not starting, but like Jota came in and was an option off the bench. Seemed to put a rocket up Bobby as well for a few weeks. <clears throat> now I know Bobby tailed off. <clears throat> Excuse me. But if we get players of that ilk, I think we, you know, we look at a midfield player and we look at an attacking player. And if we get the right players in, I think we're well placed to go at City again, to, to go at Chelsea, to go at Manchester United and really, you know, assert ourselves because we shouldn't be fearful of these teams. It doesn't matter what they do. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're not about signing the superstars. You know, and I know it's a cliche, Klopp makes superstars, but he does because it becomes part of a machine and the, the, the machine is greater than the sum of its parts and people lose their shit. Twitter is an absolute cesspit at the moment from Liverpool fans going mad about transfers and, you know, who this such and such is signing our wife. We're losing out on sale and all these. Look, it's July. It's the middle of July. There's loads of time. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure if Liverpool have business need that pinpoint positions at areas that they want to strengthen, they will do that. And it's not that they're missing out on all these players. People are going mad because Sancho went to Manchester United. We weren't in for Sancho. We would have had a go at him, but when the wages gets dropped, Liverpool will back away. And that's just the way it is. People need to maybe accept that. It's hard for some fans to accept, but it's, it is what it is. We will look at players to bring in. And if they're the right players, as I said, Saul looks like he's going to Barcelona now. Mad deal in fairness, how they're getting Blaine Griezmann off their books and getting Saul. And they're looking for money on top of that um, is beyond me. But, if that puts us back to the calibre of players we are looking at, you know, Telemans, too much. I don't think there's anything in the Telemans rumours. I think it's going to be a Neuhaus or it's going to be a Basuma or one of these, you know what I mean? So, look, we'll wait and see what happens. But the squad as it is, I think if everyone stays fit, it's good enough. And one or two just gives us that little bit of strength, the little bump that we need. Phil, have people forgotten how good this current Liverpool squad is because they got so familiar with the fact that we had to pay the best part of half a season with a with a patchwork squad. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely a case of that. And it was frustrating because I so said we were watching like a, a different version of football and you were watching Liverpool lose at Anfield and that we just just weren't used to that. And it was just getting frustrating. It was like watching Groundhog Day because every day every game, those home games, teams sitting in and we'd don't score and then they get the goal and that's it. You kind of felt a lot of the time once Liverpool went 1-0 down, that was it. But the encouragement for me would be the way the season finished that there was, look, no problem admitting at times I thought, Jesus, like this is mid-table stuff. Like Liverpool are going to actually avoid the Europa League and the Conference League. That's how bad the season is going. And then they just start creeping up the table and you think, God, they might, they might get top four. And then you think of the the result against Newcastle. That just felt that day, that Newcastle game, you thought, that's it. Now it's drawn, yeah. the ball was burst. I'm going home. But they, they come back and they they they, they finished third. With, like It couldn't have gone any worse the season. And that's the encouragement I have, that the fans are coming back. Players are coming back. I would like to see one or two players. I think someone in central midfield and an attacker. A little bit concerned about Roberto Firmino. Um, I have full faith that Mane is going to get back to what he can do. Obviously, Salah has his critics uh, for some reason, but he still bangs in goals. So I wouldn't be worried about Mo Salah. 
I think Jota is going to thrive even more when he starts playing a full house at Anfield. He's going to be going like this is this is unbelievable just to play. Yeah, Do you know you forget that these players actually haven't played with a full yeah. full Anfield yet. Tiago, Tiago is going to be absolutely adored by the Anfield fans when when he gets to play in front of a full house. Um, and they sing his song. Yeah, I'm absolutely. annoyed we still haven't had that properly. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, no, I, I think the squad is is excellent. We know as well that they're going to be hurting from last season. People saying they were terrible champions. And one thing that they need to do is they need to start the season well. But the hunger is going to be, they're going to be absolutely raring to go. And I think we've, okay, people mentioned Chelsea, Manchester City, Manchester United. There's pressure on all of them. Um, and I think what we've seen in the past, especially with City, if Liverpool obviously brought City to the last day of the season and they didn't win the league, but that definitely stood to them the next season because City dropped points early and they knew we're up the shits now because Liverpool yeah. are relentless. And I felt actually last season there was a stage where, you know, Liverpool are coping all right without Van Dijk and City were off it. But then it became more apparent Liverpool were tailing off and then City suddenly put the chests out, got a bit more confidence. But I think when you put City under it, they're definitely not going to go on a run where they're going to win 20 games in a row. Super chat coming from Walton Matilda. Uh, people forgetting how good our team is. What are we supposed to say to the likes of Sancho? The lad who plays on the right-hand side for us has scored 30-plus goals again. You're not going to be starting with a great side. It's an interesting point, Gav. Is there a certain profile of player that we can go only go after? And does that limit the type of players that we can go after, given who we have in the current squad? I, it's a difficult one for me, this, because like you're, you're talking there about Saul and, and, and Griezmann, and the talk is that Saul was leaving Atletico, and some people were saying it was because he'd have fallen out with, with um, Simeone, and some are saying that um, he they need the money. So if it's the case, if it's the latter, um, how are they, if they need the money, getting rid of Saul and paying money with him to bring in Griezmann and double their wages on on? what they're paying Saul or triple their wages, what they're paying Saul to give to Griezmann. So it doesn't make an awful lot of sense. But again, that's what's, that's what's in the in the papers and on social media and stuff like that um, over the last couple of days. But nobody's done anything. Like, nobody has done anything. Like, well, everyone's just having a breakdown because nothing has happened. You know, we all know that nothing really happens through the Euros. The, three, the Euros ended about three days ago. You know, like, it's not as if, like, right, there's, the, uh, you know, um, Saka missed the penalty, right? Everybody on the phone, let's get these deals done. We want it all done by Monday or Tuesday and we can all have a nice summer. That's not how it works. But with regards to um, with regards to Liverpool, and I said this at the back end of last season and, and the start of, you know, the, the summer break, we do need to do something. There's no doubt about that. Like, I, I, I genuinely do believe that the squad we have, everyone fit, we win the league. I've said on this show, I've said half an hour ago, but there is still issues around the squad. Like you, you still have to have in the back of your mind about Van Dijk's return, about you know um, Gomez's return. How will Canate settle in? You know, and those players that do pick up niggles, i.e., Henderson, Fabinho, um, Oxley, Chamberlain, Keita, right? How are they? Are they going to get us through a season? So you do have to look to reinforce. FSG do need to spend some money. There's no doubt about that. I, don't, I think anyone that's saying, oh, we don't need to spend money, I, th I, I think it's a little bit naive. You know, and, and I'm not, I keep right, you can't affect what others are doing, but you can definitely improve yourself. And I think one or two players 
coming in. I def I think not, can improve us, make us more, make it a bit more of a trustworthy squad, and give us an element of of surprise. Because, like like Phil said earlier, there was periods last season where if you could just nail down the front three, we didn't feel like there was a threat coming anywhere else. And you've seen it, Jamie. We spoke how many times about. Why is Robbo and, and Trent just seem to be slinging balls in there? And then no one's going to get on the end of them. And we seem to run out of ideas. So when, when it comes to this summer, yeah, the squad is really, really good, in my opinion. But it definitely needs two, Jamie, in my opinion. It needs two. I think it needs a, I think it needs a midfielder. Um, in a mold of genie, fine. I'm okay with that. But if it was an attacker, fine. But it, it most definitely needs an attacker because I don't see Origi there and I don't see Shakiri there. And I want Elliot to stay just for the record because I think a year with us and seeing the standard that he has to get to is phenomenal because he signed a long, long-term long deal. It's not like we only have two years left of him and I'll rush him in or, or get him out on loan, try to get him back for next season and, and get him in. He's a long-term project. He's 18 years of age. So a year looking at the standard that we have and then maybe going for a loan is fine. But I'd love to see I'd love to see another attacker and I'd love to see somebody that will genuinely push the, the four lads that are up there, complemented by Harvey Elliott as well. Um, and I think if we do that and we do it right, I, I think it's all good, but like Keith said, it's the 14th of July, like, relax, we'll get there. Well, the, the thing is, lads, as well, in years, uh, touching on that super chat about Sancho not signing because of the competition, we're in a position now where the front three, the famous front three, is not what it was now, and there is vacancies now. I know Jota has come in and done well, and you hope that he continues on and, and pushes next season. But if you're going to a centre-forward now and saying, look, Come to Liverpool if Jurgen Klopp is talking to a forward, and because I don't, I don't, I think that could be the, the profile that they're going for is more of a, you know, rather than a winger, maybe a centre forward. And I could be wrong, but if he's talking to someone now, you can say to them, say, look, there's a pathway there now. It's not like it's a closed shop. When it was with, you know, Firmino, Mane, and Salad, year we were winning the Champions League or winning the league everyone saw Firmino sort of tailing off. A lot of people would get rid of him. I'd keep him in the squad. I think he still has a value. I think he's still an excellent player. Maybe not as a, a goal scorer, but if you put him in as a number 10 or just behind the forwards, I think he has a, a, a role to play. But you now have a chance. Let's say they went for Trovlavich out there. Juventus are looking at him, blah, blah. And we can say, look, there's games there. You know, Sancho's a right winger and he's behind Mo Salah. Or if he plays on the left, he's behind Sadio Mane. If he could play centre-forward, there's a slot there for him. And that's what I think we may have a bit of, not an advantage, but um, an opportunity that we haven't had in the last few years to entice someone. Do you know, I'm going to challenge you a little bit on that, Keith, because I, I don't think the front three are finished. I think they, just as much as a lot of people in the team, are a victim of circumstance. And Gav touched on something there, and I think he makes a great point. The fullbacks are so key to everything we do from an offensive point of view. And the fact that we look, it's been it's been done to death, right? But the fact that we didn't have the recovery pace of a Van Dyke and a Gomez meant that the fullbacks weren't as high. But the impact and the knock-on effect that that had on the wide men in particular, Saleh and Manor are so dangerous when they're inside forwards yeah. and they make inverted runs across the line. Firmino drops in and they're very difficult to track. You can't track that run. I've seen it so many times when sitting up high in the stadium. It's like there's a trigger and then those those runs inside start and Nobody knows whether to track them. But what happens when you haven't got Trent and Robbo going down the outside of them is 
they become traditional wingers. And then that becomes very easy for a Mane or a Salah to be isolated and be doubled up on by a fullback or a, or a wide midfielder. And they often became frustrated. They were snatching at shots. They weren't getting into the position. So I, I still think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of goals. Well, obviously in Salah, but with Mane, I think he just, he, he had one of those spells that he's probably been due given the form that he's been in. I still, I still think that they will come back with a bang next season. And I- now, come on, Gav. I think they will. I, I don't I don't disagree with you. But I still think those front three and Jota is not enough. I just I, I, that's what I believe. It's not enough. And, oh no, and, I I still think we need another. I'm just not yeah, ready to write and, the, the mouth yet. No. And I, I think I think where the frustration comes from some Liverpool fans is that when you look at the summer that's in it, now Mbappe is looking at 120 million and whatever amount of a week, no, right? And there's real bit strong rumour that he's going to Real Madrid. And then you see the likes of Haaland, who has 75 million buyout next summer. And everyone's going to be all over him. Like they're literally going to be queuing up, and it'll be a silent auction. You know, you'd be putting your highest bid in an envelope and handing it into Dortmund to see who gets him. Um, wage or into was, into was that? Into was that to see is that pick the highest number and then he will tell him where he's going. But but that's where the frustration comes from because I think the Liverpool fans want want to see FSG just go. Do you know what? Fuck it. We're going to go for Erling Haaland, and we're going to throw a hundred million down on the table. I'm. Dortmund are going to accept that. I'm going to pay him a load of money and he's whatever age he is. I don't even know what age the fella is, but whatever age he is. And he's he's five, six years at Liverpool. He bangs in goals. We sell him on. We probably make the same amount back, but he's he's progressed for four or five years and it's all good. I think that's where the f- frustration comes from, that Liverpool should go out and there's a couple of players there that are ripe for the taking. And are we... Di- no, that's not to say Liverpool don't do something. They could throw out a mad one, but, you know... It's very rare you see them do it. I.e. Van Dijk and, and Alisson, they went big. But I still think they need another another one. And, and I'd nearly go down the route of, of, a, of a proper number nine because Firmino would be the biggest issue. You know, and I'm not saying he's not a good player. I just think he's born out from football. I think he's absolutely born out. And I don't know he doesn't play in the Copa America, but he's still travelled over. He's still involved and he still has to come back and he still has to try to have a rest. And I just... It's what Phil said earlier is actually ringing in my ears now because he said if you shackle those three, where does it come from? And even within that squad we have, if they're fit, that's why you're so wanting Oxlade Chamberlain and so wanting Kate to be good because Chamberlain loves a belt from 30 yards or 25 yards. Kate loves to get in the box. The rest of them don't. Do you know what I mean? The rest of them don't. And and I think that's that's why it's a very very good point Phil's made with regards to stop them three and you stop Liverpool. You want something different. A Haaland will be something different, Jamie. Uh, and another number nine or another winger where you could put Salah in the middle will be different. An attacking midfielder like Hassan Mawar will be different. You know that sort of way. And I think that's that's why Liverpool fans want to see something like that. Not only for, for the sake of just crying on social media. I think they're just looking going, it's a big opportunity. Could we go and take it? And where does it bring us to? Because... I agree with you. I think the front three could absolutely blow its teams apart next season. But they're all aging in on 30 here now. And they're all coming in towards parts of the contract where it's it's either a big contract and stay or the chances are they'll, be, they'll go. Do you know what I mean? So there has to be a bit of forward planning there as well. And I think that's why some people get frustrated and just... If, if if there's an opportunity to take it and it's forward planning at the same time, you know what I mean? It gives us it gives us a threat. It, it, it forward plans and it also gives competition. It ticks all the boxes. 
It's funny because I still don't think we've actually got to see the evolution that Klopp had in mind for this team with the signing of Thiago and Jota. Because, and we, we said it before, mm. you know, they were brought in to transform this team. But in reality, what happened was they actually ended up trying to save a team that was a, a shell of its its former self. So I, I still think we're, we're yet to see the benefits of them to fully fit within a structurally sound Liverpool team, which is, which is exciting. But like you said, Gav, I still think we need one more. Uh, one more attacker but for me it would be a replacement of the likes of a Divock Origi and here's my mad shout for the night I don't know why we weren't in for Olivier Giroud I think Olivier Giroud is one of the most oh. underrated strikers always scores what did he go to Milan for a in the end quid. crazy absolutely crazy Phil you wanted to jump in no I just I think look I, I love Giroud he's probably one of the most handsome strikers in the yeah. in the Premier League he's gorgeous devil. yeah he is beautiful man but got a tan like Gav I witnessed him in, in the Euros absolutely do a number on us because his physicality is unbelievable, but he just wouldn't suit the way we play because he's not he's not gonna be able to press. I, I you mentioned there talking about Thiago and um the evolution and Jada, like are you talking about a different formation? Because I like we've talked about Keita. Keita was always going to be, I thought he was going to be part of a two. It was going to be a four, two, three, one. And that's where you'd see the best of Keita. You obviously saw when he played in as, as one of the eights, he was so off at that night against Real Madrid. I mean, getting taken off before half time. And if you're not on it in that position in terms of how you press, then you know, you're going, you're going to struggle in a Jurgen Klopp team, whereas you, you don't have to be as precise with your pressing if you're part of that too. And, you know, he could slot in there beside whoever it was, if it's Henderson, if it's Fabinho. But that's what I was expecting last season, that we'd see a change in formation. 4-2-3-1, which was something that Klopp used in with Dortmund. And I'm not against the idea of, you know, an out, an out number nine. I mean, who who was that, who was prolific for for Klopp at Dortmund Lewandowski before he, yeah. he moved to, and you know he 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 isn't blistering pace but he's obviously he comes alive in the box but I, I, I yeah I, I would be varying away from from somebody like Giroud on somebody who's who's more mobile and. Oh, yeah, let me just clarify. Out. This isn't actually my choice. I'm just throwing no, out no, a, a mad, mad idea that <laughs> just going for the handsome quote, Jamie. The handsome quote, yeah. But also, you know, look, I can see because you know we were talking about when the front three were stopped. Giroud's always a good person just to throw on, and you've got players like Trent Alexander-Arnold that can whip in a mean ball, and we know how good Giroud is <laughs> in the air. But yeah, I, I would like to see that kind of more out and out number nine. Don't know who they're going to go for. Like the best ones are huge money. Um, I mean, Chelsea are probably in the driving seat to sign Haaland, but they might have to bide their time. They might have to go with a loan signing for this season just to to keep them ticking over until next next summer. Because Dortmund can't sell Sancho and Haaland. Definitely not. I mean, they may as well just wave the white flag. They, they already get decimated by Bayern and Bayern pretty much picked the best players in Germany, but you can't. Uh, if you're Dortmund, you've just uh, you've just appointed a new manager. You can't just say, right, there's the two lads gone. Now uh, best of luck for the season. 
for the record, mine would be uh, Jeremy Doku. I just think that he's got a he's got a banger clop off him. If I was to to go for it yeah. for the striker, but um, Keith, I want to come to you because there's two things that I want to finish on. Uh, first one that we haven't touched on yet, and it probably little something caused a little bit of a stare today. <coughs> People on Twitter are strange. I have to keep saying this, but yeah. they got the knickers in a twist over the fact that we now don't want to sign Kabak for in and around eight million. I think was the the fee that was quoted, despite the fact that we've just gone out and spent an absolute fortune on Canate. But look. That's by the by. And people are getting themselves all in a panic. It seems to me like Liverpool at the moment are a bit hamstrung by this homegrown quota thing in the fact that Liverpool have currently on their books, I think at the last time accounting, 19 non-homegrown players and they're only allowed to register 17. So surely Liverpool are being restricted by the fact that we probably need a couple of outs before we get ins. But in the same breath, there's a second part of that question. We need to get a move on with selling some players. We do, yeah, we do. I see the breaking news in the chat there that that Sassuolo are looking at um, Marco Grujic. He looks like the most likely first one out the door. Um, but I we've thought he was gone before. before. Yeah, I thought he left last week as well, but no, apparently not. He's still there. But we do need to start getting players out. And I know they want it. They're going to say they want to look at bodies in, in pre-season. But, you know, they should have been ringing agents in June and saying, look, Karius... Grewich, Harry Wilson, fucking Toyawa Winnie. They're not allowed on air pre-season tour to find clubs for these lads because he's going to take a look at them and I will be shocked if any of these players make an impression on on Liverpool, on Klopp, on what we want and what we need. So we do need to start selling them. Um, the Kabak thing, Kabak, I think Kabak done a decent job, but, you know... Was he good enough to be four second tour choice, even four choice if he was to come in now? I don't think so. Um, was he, you know, even if it's at that low money, you're bringing in a, a non homegrown body and then you're getting rid of a Nat Phillips or a, a, a Ben Davis who people are up in arms over. But you have to be conscious of this. We said it all along last season. That's why Minamino went out when. Um, Kabak comes in because we just had to get rid of him. You know, it's a rule. It is what it is. We there's no getting around it. We can't start to scare that. Now people would say, "Why the fuck did we sign Adrian when we could have just got rid of him and brought in, you know, a Scott Carson type?" I know he's a uh, senior. Just actually going to say that. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, look at Man City had Richard Wright there for years, taking up a spot. Um, Scott Carson's robbing a living still. You've got so many of these. British keepers that they could have Joe Hart you know I don't rate them they're all brutal but you know they could have gone in and taken up a slot so we don't know if Klopp is as concerned because even last season they jumped on Simicas now I know Jamal Lewis wouldn't have fit the, the homegrown rule but you know it, it was an issue last season and they didn't seem to really take too much heed of it but they're going to have to now you know they're going to have to start looking at British players but you know what you know what you get with British players, you're, you're paying for them. You're going through the nose. And the rumours about Telemans is that they don't want to look at Telemans, they're looking away from the Premier League. So I don't know how that's gonna maybe tie in. Do you know what I mean? With the with the, the rules with homegrown players. I, I don't know what they're gonna do. That's why I can see Philip Stein and you know, Davy Stein and others. Now I want to go around the room before we wrap up because I said to keep it to an hour, so we're not a million miles away, right? Um you 
yeah, yeah well on. it'll be a couple of minutes five minutes max, well no right? we started at five past ten so yeah. it says oh, we've been 58. live for 58 i've got yeah. a, i've got a couple of minutes yeah. right so i'm not doing too bad i'm getting better um Oh, Gav's had enough. He was he's keeping it to an hour. Uh <laughs> Phil, I'll come to you first. It's a bit weird there. Uh, I'll come to you first, Phil, because what I want to do, I want to go around the room and I want to get the expectations of us all for the season. Um uh, uh, you know, what what do we think is realistic? What do you think is gonna happen? You know, what what should we be aiming for going into this new season? Okay, I, I think we have to be aiming to challenge again because as I said, we're coming off the back of We've lost Phil now. No, there's actually an issue here. I think it's with um with, with Streamyard itself. Yeah. It's after throwing three of us out. So yeah. Um, okay. So well, I'll come. I'll come to you and ask the same question, Gav. Right? Because I'm going to go yeah. around the room and I want expectations for the season. Realistically, what should we? What should we be aiming for? And realistically, what should we be delivering on? Um. You're back now, Phil. I don't know what don't know what it is. No, they don't want us to answer this question. Am I blaming Streamyard? <laughs> no, it is. Is that, the, is, that the tro- is that the throwing us all out except Jamie? I think, and the, the actual comments and stuff is not working properly tonight it's either. Gav. So. He's doing it. He doesn't want me to keep it to an hour. He wants me to go over <laughs> the hour. That's what it is. <laughs> um, expectation for the season is win the league. Um, no fucking about. Like, I'm sorry, but if if. If you're bringing back Van, if you have Van Dyke Gomez back, you're signing Canate, one or two more will come in. There's, there's no doubt about that. Like, we're actively, like, you were tra- chatting a minute there about, a minute ago there about, um, getting players out. Like, that, Origi doesn't stay for me. Shakiri doesn't stay. There's, there's question marks probably over one midfielder, I think, as well. So, two, two or three are probably going to come in. So, with that squad, um, yeah, you have to be going looking to win the league and go as far as you can in the Champions League. I think that's um, Midnight Togo wants to quadruple. I'll take that all Love day. That. That's exactly um, the type of uh, once, attitude I want. Yeah, once when we go drinking, it's not on the sun because look, we don't put a fucking sun cream on. And that's a red top on me. I'm not fucking sitting naked and that's just the colour of me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think you have to target the league, Jamie. Um, we're, we're not messing around with... You know, we had we we lowered expectations massively last season because of circumstance, and, and we came toward and we are five points off second, and City ran away with it because no one else bothered. You know, um, so I think, and I think City and United and Chelsea and whoever else are looking are going. Liverpool will be back, and they all know it. Liverpool will be back, so I, 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 under no circumstances should we be going into um, the season next season and not looking to win the league title. Phil, I'll come to you before Gav rudely kicked you out there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I was just about to say after the disastrous season, which still finished third, I'd be looking league title definitely. And uh, worst case scenario, you're like you're going toe to toe with at least one team, and you're you're going down the stretch, and that's what I would expect. Uh, expect a couple more players to come in, and it all going to plan. Van Dyke hits the ground running, and he's. He's back to his best and the team just kind of reverts back to what we're used to. The crowd is there and it's just like the season before and Liverpool are a machine again. And I think once that happens, the the, uh, the other teams start to feel the pressure. Instead, City just had a stroll, in the, a stroll in the park once they knew no one could touch them. Manchester United might sign more players, but is their manager good enough? I don't think so. Uh, Thomas Tuchel obviously went on a great run when he came in at Chelsea but you started to see a few things go wrong he rescued it by winning the Champions League which is a nice way of rescuing things and I'm sure they're going to go by him but yeah I 
think Liverpool, if they just focus on the job in hand, they have to be looking at winning the league. Yeah, just to uh, quickly make a comment, the reason for us all <laughs> dropping off is that Jamie is streaming Love Island at the same time. No, that's Jay why I want it. Jamie doesn't realise how angry he is at that. <laughs> that's why I want to finish at 11 o'clock. What's the other one you want to watch? Oh, uh, too hot to handle. Too <laughs> oh hot God. to handle. Back to back. So I watched and then, Love Island and then you, for an hour and then, you and then broke too the hot to handle. <laughs> then you broke the news for today that while you're watching Love Island and too hot to handle, you're sitting there on the nugget that is that you've never watched The Sopranos. Yeah, never watched The Sopranos. Oh, yet. my God. <laughs> Would you have all the time to watch the other crap? So, yeah, the WhatsApp group was shook to its fucking car. Pri- priorities. <laughs> priorities. Uh, but, no, that's why I want to finish it at 11 o'clock because I've got a Love Island to watch on the court. So, Keith, <laughs> your expectations for the season? Um, yeah, I, I don't think, you know, win the league is, is I think, um, that's what they'll be looking at. Phil touched on it there. City had a free run on it last season. When they knew that we were sort of... Again, I think Phil Agav said it. We were running on adrenaline after the injuries up till Christmas, and then it just hit us. And City knew none of the others really had the the minerals to to pull it up to them. They knew Liverpool were the only ones that would go ninety plus points, and you know where you, a draw is a fucking disaster, right? So City knew that, and that's why they had a cakewalk. I don't think Guardiola likes being under pressure. So I think it's key that we get on to a good start and really apply pressure to them. Whether it's winning the league or not, I think a challenge, a a, a proper challenge is needed. And then, depending on the squad, whether we keep a bigger squad with the fear of injuries, if we keep a bigger squad, a challenge and a cup, you know, minimum. Ideally, the Champions League is the cup I want. But... You know, I think if they they do a ninety point season, let's say, but City do ninety three, but we bring something else in, another pot in, I think that'll be okay. We can't have a season where we're letting Manchester. Not dig at Manchester United, but Phil said it there. Their manager isn't great. Do you know what I mean? They can sign all the players they want. Their manager is bleeding brutal. I love that, Gav. How many more wins? It'll be good to see your tweets start. Yeah, my, my, my tweets have come back now to start of next season. It's always 30 wins. So when we win our first game against Norwich, you will get the tweet saying 29 more wins, hashtag LFC. And I continue <laughs> that till we get to zero. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> uh, for what it's worth, I think Liverpool um, I think Liverpool can go toe-to-toe uh, for yeah. Ma- with Manchester City. Um, I think the current squad that we have now with the players returning, I think we're good enough to challenge, but with a couple more through the door, um, I think we should be going you know, bang at it for the league and, and Champions League. I'd like to see us prioritise the domestic cups a little bit more, but we, I just don't think we've got the squad depth of the likes of a City. Uh, so I think we need a bit of a handy draw maybe to uh, to see us to progress uh, in those. But I, I think we'll be right at it for the Premier League and, and the Champions League. So, um, lads... That's us, an hour and five minutes. Um, so big thank you to, to all of you, Gav, Phil and Keith, as always, for your time. Everybody in the chat, you've been super tonight, even mocking me on my Love Island addiction. Totally fair and understandable. Um, can I ask a quick favour? If you haven't liked the video, uh, if you wouldn't mind just giving it a quick like before you leave, that would help us out massively. And also let us know in the comments below the video, what are your expectations for the season? Where do you think we'll finish? And who do you think will be the big ins and outs in the transfer markets? Gav, I always throw it over to you before we finish. What have we got coming up for the rest of the week? Um, what the- Thursday tomorrow, uh, Grizz will have something out tomorrow. Um, I don't even know the name of the show anymore because he's put about 11 names on it, yeah. but it's usually Grizz talking. Carnage agenda, transfer. transfer, something. 
yeah, something along those lines. That's how yeah. professional we are. We can't even remember the names of them, but um, Grizz will make a name up tomorrow and send it to me around six thirty p.m. and ask me to have it ready for seven. Um, Friday we're taking a break because we're testing um some new stuff, so we're going to be doing tests on Friday night. We're off Saturday. Uh, we're back on Sunday with the fat back four, and then we're going to get motoring into it. Um, oh. We're testing this stuff, right? I have to tell people this, right? Because we're testing this stuff and it, it's going to look totally different and it's going to look... Um, it's, it's We're basically doing it for the people that watch because it's going to be a lot more informative. It's going to be a lot more interactive and we're testing and testing and testing. And um, I made a massive mistake last night of asking Jamie, Avi and Grizz just to come <laughs> on and be part of a test. And my God, they just heaped woke at me. And I think it was about two o'clock this morning. I couldn't leave her alone because they annoyed me so much that I kept going for about two o'clock this morning and um, sent them all their new layouts and stuff like that. So um, I'll, tell you well, we'll I'll tell you what we do. I'll tell you what we do. We'll do a live test next Wednesday. Oh, here we go. Right. So Game time. What we do is we, we might run a live test next Wednesday. Now, it could go horribly wrong, and we don't make any apologies for it, but we'll run a live test on the midweek fix next Wednesday, and you can see exactly what we're trying to do um, and pressure. see if you like it. And don't give me any feedback saying, can you change this, because I'm not going to. I've had enough. What was it you said last night, Gav, that they, they thought you were going on Grizz, to Monday Night Football? Grizz, <laughs> yeah, Grizz took it upon himself to think that I was running Monday Night Football from a studio in London. <laughs> And he basically, instead of one thing done, I think he, he wanted 26 things done at the same time while moving across the screen doing fucking backflips or something. I don't know what was going on. So, um, yeah, next Wednesday we'll do a live test. What we do is we'll do the midweek fix next Wednesday, but it'll be on the new software. And you can have a look. I mean, we can see if it works. Um, the other thing is um, Sienna. Check the description. Go and buy a ticket to Anfield for Sienna so we can virtually sell out Anfield. 53,394, I think, is the magic number. Um, we're doing quite well on it. But as I said, if you do it, if you go in, if you hit that link, if you pay one euro, pay the one euro and send the link on to as many people as you can and tell them to do the same. Spreading the word will get this done. And it's not, as Keith always says, it's not about the LFC day trippers. It's not about Liverpool. It's not about me, Keith, Phil, Jamie, or anybody else that contributes to this show. It's about people helping this girl. And um, whether they're a football fan or a rugby fan or a GAA fan, whatever it might be, you you see the link. You see the link. And if you can donate one euro or buy 10 tickets, fine. If you can't, just send it to everybody you know, because then it'll just keep being sent and sent and sent until enough people pick it up and pay for it. Okay. Um, That's about it. That's that's all I've got to say, Jamie. Put myself under massive pressure for next Wednesday here because yeah. what else? And what drop else are they that doing? on me as well. Nice one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's crack, isn't it? Guinea pig, Jay. Okay, right. Yeah. Great, pl- great place to finish. Um, okay, with that, hope you've all enjoyed the show. Make sure you enjoy the rest of your week, and we will be back with you again next Wednesday with a new look midweek fix. All the best. Sports Social Podcast Network.